Understanding the value of the content creation in your business business funnel is really important um, because it helps you to prioritize because you can't make everything all at once. You can't do everything straight away. And so I think you have to have a look at what you've got and see where, you know, there's something like, a, I'm going to say it, low-hanging fruit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you need to have a look at what you've got and see if there's any gaps in, in your funnel. Like think about the customer journey all the, all the way through, you know, from from all of those stages and see where the gaps are and and see, you know, how, what you can do to close those gaps. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customized, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. How do you know if your content is likely to resonate with your users? And how do you decide on what content you should be publishing? That's what we're discussing today with a lady who believes that demonstrating experience, expertise, authority and trust should be at the core of everything we do online. She's a former senior digital strategist at Optic Solutions and current head of SEO communications at Wix. A warm welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Crystal Carter. Hello, David. I'm very pleased to be here. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to speak to you as well, Crystal. You can find Crystal over at wix.com slash SEO slash learn. So Crystal, what do you mean by user-centric content? So I think when we talk about user-centric content, another way that people refer to it sometimes is user-first content. And I think that we are essentially living in an age where users expect to be able to have a conversation with a brand. They expect to be able to speak to them directly. They expect to, to be able to ask questions and to get replies and to get answers. And one of the ways that we're able to deliver that, particularly with good value, is with our content, the content we create uh, both on blogs, but also in videos, in, in webinars, et cetera. And when we when we make it user first, we're essentially sourcing the ideas for the content, not from necessarily from a keyword planner, not necessarily from a keyword tool, but directly from the users. So this can take a number of different forms. For instance, it might come from your customer service team. We have this a lot um, where, you know, we at, at Wix, we've got 200 million very engaged users who work on our platform every day. And if they've got a question, they'll ask customer services and a customer services wants to know, what, how do they do this SEO thing? They'll, you know, they'll jump in, they'll jump in a Slack channel and we'll have a conversation to try to help them with that. And sometimes we'll get a few questions that come up regularly. And that means that we need to address that with, with content. So sometimes it's a question of, you know, sometimes it's a question that somebody maybe didn't understand something, but then also sometimes it's a question that maybe we have a content gap. Maybe we have something that 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 isn't uh, very easily easy to to uh, understand from the current content that we have, and we can either adapt the current content that we have to make it more clear for users, or we can create something new that is that is more valuable for them. So, when you're initially talking about um, users actually expect to be able to speak with a brand, I was thinking that um, you were talking about things like when they land on a blog post, the ability to open some kind of chat applet straight away and actually have a conversation with someone. But but you're not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about particularly content that um, that would, would that would live somewhere. So not necessarily instant content like a like a like a chat. However, if you do have live chat, which I've seen work really, really well, and it's useful sometimes to have something to refer to. So if you know that people are regularly coming to your about page or something and asking whether or not you're open on a Tuesday night, um, then then and you let's say you've changed your hours 
and you used to be open on a Tuesday night and you're not open on a Tuesday night. It might be that you have a blog that explains why you're not open on a Tuesday night anymore and how you used to be open on a Tuesday night. But actually, we've changed our services and we're doing this now and you can use call us on this number, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you know that that's happening regularly, then if you have a live chat, then you then when users ask them for that the information, you can refer them to the posts that you've created before. It makes you look more prepared as a brand. It makes you look more together as a brand and it and it helps you to serve serve more users more consistently. So this is another another thing. So for instance, if you're thinking about some of the forums like Quora or Reddit or you know other Q and A forums, if you're seeing people people regularly asking a question, you can reply with a sort of summary and then you can say, and I've and I've gone into this in much more detail in this piece of content, in this video, in this blog, um, in this, in this worksheet, in this template, whatever it may be. And so I think that what, what I, what I recommend and what, what I've done, what I've seen, what I've seen, um, it's, it's a certainly a tactic that we've taken is have a look at sort of consensus. If you're getting a lot of people asking for a similar thing, if, and, and it does come up, you know, your sales team will say, Hey, we need something about this product. We don't have anything about this product. And people keep asking me, what's so great about this product and I have nothing to show from them. And then the next, the next salesperson goes, Hey, have you got something about that product? Have you, if you're, if you're having that question regularly, you will save yourself time <laughs> and you will help your sales team if you're able to, to, to create something based on that, based on that need. So there's internal uh, customers as well. So your, your sales team will, will be very active. In my experience, sales teams will be very active in telling you where they need more content, where they need to have a case study, where they need to have something that will help them close the deal when people ask them uh, questions. Your customer service team again will also be will also be a team that that will be act- actively regularly speaking to people. And also if you have somebody who's running uh, communities, for instance, if you're running like um, a user community or an industry community, uh, then or even people who are managing your social media communities, they will regularly be engaging with users and the same questions will come up about your brand very, very often. Um, one, one question that comes up for Wix is that, and it's, it's old school, it's an old school question, um, that he'll say, oh, but can you rank a Wix website? And we get this loads of times. And, uh, Morty Oberstein, my partner in crime, our head of SEO, FCO branding, um, has, yes, yes, you can. Here's an article that I wrote all about it. And that explains some of like some of the top ranking websites, et cetera, et cetera. And I've, and I, I have a sim- similarly, I have a tweet that I have when people say it on Twitter. I'm, and I'm like, here's, here's my tweet with my favorite. And you just link back to the tweet. It's like, I, and, and it also tells people that I've, I'm ready for you. <laughs> I already have this answer to this question. So there, so there you go. And that's, that's something that, that, that can be really useful. So you mentioned uh, Reddit and Quora and uh, obviously Twitter as well there as well. One thing that scares me about actually recommending what I've done in the past or a resource that um, perhaps is a little bit commercial and drives people towards maybe doing business with me is the perception that actually people might think I'm overtly selling my services. And you hear stories of people firing down people on Reddit or Quora for doing that. Uh, Do you have any advice on the, the best way to go about doing that without being perceived as someone that's overtly selling what you do? So one thing that's interesting is that I think that that there are general so so it, within any industry there are going to be general questions about the thing that you do, right? So let's say you were a guitar maker. We were talking about music a little bit earlier, but so let's say you were a guitar maker. There are going to be people who are generally asking about how guitars are made or how to choose a good guitar or those those sorts of things. So th- those are those are general questions. There's also going to be people who are asking specifically about your guitar. 
right? If you're if you're a brand, then there's going to be people who are asking specifically about your your product. And if people are asking specifically about your product, then in my in my opinion, it's fair play to give them specific information about your product if you specifically have it, because that is adding value for them. That's help. That's saving them time. That's giving them the valid information. If they are speaking generally about a general topic, like say somebody saying, how do I choose a good guitar? If you have content that is satisfying that need, that question, and that is something that that you're finding that that your customers are asking and you're finding that people are asking generally online, then that's something that you can share if it adds value. I think it needs to have genuine value. And if you're adding genuine value, then then that's great. I'm, I've certainly come across articles that were on, you know, commercial websites. Uh, for instance, okay, here's a classic example. This is old school. I'm going to date myself, but Back in the day when I was a kid, I used to make, I used to make cookies for my aunts um, and, and uncles every, every Christmas. And I would, and I, and I had a Betty Crocker cookbook and that was my cookbook that I used because the recipes were good. And I didn't, I wasn't exclusive to, to, I wasn't, I wasn't an exclusive like Betty Crocker evangelist, but I used the Betty Crocker cookbook because it was a good cookbook. And here I am. 20 something years later talking about talking about that cookbook. So I think that if you're able to provide genuine value and they were good recipes. There were good recipes. There were snickerdoodles in there. <laughs> there was chocolate chip cookies. I don't know what snickerdoodles, snickerdoodles are. Good. <laughs> They're good. They're good cookie. I'm telling you if you want to increase your cookie repertoire, like get snickerdoodles <laughs> on there. And they they were good recipes. It was good content. So I think that, you know, don't be don't sell your audience short if you're able to provide good value and if you've done some robust research on a particular topic then absolutely share it with people and you also don't have to be um you also don't have to be uh like it's worth declaring who you are so i've seen people who said you know hi i am from this this company so like just just full disclosure i am from this company so i have some bias but in my experience this 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 and this and people people you know i think that's fair play like that's because also, if you're from that company, you do have experience in that industry, <laughs> whether mm. whether it's um whether whether it's um for your, for your, in your commercial interest or not. So so yeah, that's what I, that's what I would say. I'd say I'd say have a go. <laughs> so you've talked a lot about um how to establish what user centric content to write based upon the conversations that you're having with users. Um, but um, what about the content that you've got on your website already? How do you determine how successful it is, how valuable it is for users? What kind of metrics do you look at to establish that? So I think you can have a look at some of your traditional um, SEO metrics to see see if you're getting value. If you're, for instance, if you're if you have low traffic, then then it might be that you need to need to update your positioning of a particular article. It might be that it's a great article, but actually, if you just added in a few, if, if you just fine tuned the, the wording, for instance, then you would, then it would help with sort of keyword discoverability. It might be that you look at the SERP, for instance, the search engine result pages, and let's say you're like, let's stick with guitars. Let's say let's say the um the the search is how to how to tune a guitar, right? For our guitar company, the search is how to tune a guitar. If you go onto if you search for that yourself, and you find that actually the top ranking things are tools, or are YouTube videos, and are not a sort of instructions for how to how to tune a guitar, um, like written instructions for how to tune a guitar, but are actual sort of multimedia things. Then that is also something to think about. The format matters, and also if you're finding that your users are predominantly mobile. And you have a desktop, a desktop first website, then that's also something that you can that you can think about as well. So look at you can look into your user metrics to see how people are engaging with your with your content and to to see where people where you have sort of gaps 
in your content. So for instance, if you're seeing that this works really well for desktop, it is not working so well for mobile, then there's there's something that you can you can update there. If you're seeing that in the, in the competitive landscape, that most people are accessing content like this via a video or via a long form uh, blog, for instance, or even via an ebook or whatever it may be, that is also an indicator that maybe you should adjust the formatting, for instance. So I think that there's um, there's a few different ways that you can do that. What's your favorite way of establishing the questions that you should be answering that you don't know you don't know? For example, you may talk to your customer service teams, your sales teams, your customers, and get lots of great um, questions that you should be answering. But there may be some questions that they haven't suggested, they haven't thought of, that actually can generate quite a bit of volume as well. Um, for instance, um, sticking on guitars. The question that might be suggested is how to tune a guitar. However, maybe what resonates um, with a large group of people is how to stop a guitar from losing tune. So how do you actually find and uncover those kind of questions that you should be answering, but you haven't actually found yet? So I think that for for questions questions like that, I think that that can that can sometimes require a little bit of qualitative a little bit of qualitative um, research, a little bit of qualitative um, engagement with with your audience. So so I remember doing some research for some network engineers, people who do like WAM, LAM, uh, like work with servers and all of all of that sort of stuff. And this was something that was a little bit beyond my my scope of expertise at the time. And I found in my keyword research that basically there were loads of numbers. <laughs> They, they, all these, everyone spoke in numbers. They just spoke in like server numbers and things like that. And they, oh, this, this server three, nine, five is really great. And server seven, two, zero is really awesome. And, and that sort of stuff. And I found it really tricky trying to find topics for that. So in the end, I, I spoke to our network engineer <laughs> and I said to our network engineer, I was like, what things do you read? Where are you engaging? How are you, how do you, um, find information? How do you understand, understand? And he pointed me to a, a few like very niche blogs that were talking about some topics. I also started looking at another really good source is conferences. So for particularly for something, uh, something that's in, in the tech space that's constantly evolving. When you, if you look at um, conferences and conference topics, you can get a sort of idea of the kinds of things that people are thinking about and the kinds of the direction that an industry might be going in. So particularly for this, for this client, I started looking at the sort of at conferences in that space because there were, there were a lot. And I started seeing that there were lots of people talking about this particular type of, um, the sort of there was like an edge network sort of thing, for instance. And there were lots of people talking about those sorts of things. And people who are, who are making conference decks are going to be trying to differentiate and they're going to be trying to, to push the envelope and they're going to be talking about new ideas. So if you're looking for new ideas, that's a really great way to, to find things. It's, it's also worth speaking to, speaking to your customers directly. So I know this is something that Google do. They'll say, you know, what do you want to know about this? Um, and I know that one of my favorite YouTube channels, um, screen junkies, they also, they'll also say, what do you, what do you want us to do? Uh, they do, they do something called honest trailers, which is one of my favorite things on YouTube. And they'll say, what do you want us to do next? And they'll, and they'll, and they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, we want you to do, um, I don't know, Indiana Jones or whatever. And, and, and lots of things. And then they'll, you can get a little bit of consensus on that as well. And how do you actually establish what stage of the buyer journey you should be targeting your content at? Or is, is that an important thing to be considering? Do you, should you simply answer the question? Because I'm thinking obviously people are research, consideration, purchase stage of the, the buyer journey, depending on what type of business it is. So should you actually think about that as well and, and base your content um, based upon where in the buyer journey the user happens to be? Yeah, 
I think understanding the value of the content creation in your business business funnel is really important um, because it helps you to prioritize because you can't make everything all at once. You can't do everything straight away. And so I think you have to have a look at what you've got and see where, you know, there's something like, I'm going to say it, low-hanging fruit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think you need to have a look at what you've got and see if there's any gaps in your funnel. Like think about the customer journey all the the way through, you know, from from all of those stages and see where the gaps are and and see, you know, how what you can do to close those gaps. Think about what you have that's the best thing that you have at the moment. So for instance, if we're talking about guitar tuning, so that's a sort of consideration top of the funnel sort of thing. So let's say you look look at it and you've got a written thing from a few years ago that's about, about guitar tuning. And it might be that you say, well, actually what this needs is a video. Or what this needs is um, is a, a, a you know uh, some some images. Or what this needs is a tool. Maybe we need to build a tool, whatever whatever it may be. Think about about whether or not you've got something that you've got to start from scratch or whether you've got something that you can sort of, you know, polish up and up, update. And and so the investment, the, think about the investment that you'll need to make in order to update this content to fill that gap, but also think about, about um, where the gaps are. And if there is a gap that's stopping you from converting, from stopping you from meeting your ultimate business goal, then that should be, that should come to the fore. So if there's, if there's something that's really important that actually like people don't even get in the funnel, if they don't, um, if you, if they don't engage with, engage with a particular kind of content, then that should be, that should be a, a top priority. And then you can have a look at whether or not you've got something that's, that's currently kind of doing the job that could be improved or whether you need to just create something entirely new or and also whether or not you have something that's in a different format that could be that could be adopted to meet meet the different need because sometimes it's a question of there's no there's nothing sometimes it's a question that it's it's not in the right channel and that's that's also worth thinking about as well so closing up not necessarily thinking about user centricity what's the number one thing marketers need to incorporate into their strategy the number one thing that marketers need to incorporate into their strategy is prioritization. I guess I would say prioritization and intentionality. And I think those two go together. Um, there's a lot of people who will do an audit, who will do a review, who will give lots of different um, lots of different recommendations. But if you're not able to prioritize them based on the business need and based on your overall business goals, then, then it's going to be very difficult to get them implemented. Um, it's very going to be very difficult to get buy-in from your wider team. It's going to be very difficult to, to be able to get the resources you need in order, in order to move forward. So understanding what is a priority is, is really, really important and being intentional about that priority. So, so we, this is a priority because it will help us to, to increase sales. This is a priority because it will help us not to lose sales. <laughs> this is a priority because it will help us to get leads. This is a priority because it will give us in, um, a competitive advantage. Understand why you are making a recommendation. Understand why you are making an implementation. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Crystal Carter over at wix.com slash SEO slash slash learn. Crystal, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place. Insightsforprofessionals.com